Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a volunteer minister in your local church, Ministry in Motion is for you, to build you to be a better minister for Jesus. I'm Anthony Kent, and it's a real pleasure to welcome you to a very special program, Ministry in Motion Today. Our guest today is Pastor Randy Roberts, and we're exploring preparing for preaching. Randy, welcome to Ministry in Motion. Thank you very much, Anthony. It's a it's privilege. A, it's a real privilege for us to have you on the program. Thank you. Now, Randy, just share with the viewers a little about your church and where you regularly preach. Great. Well, it's at Loma Linda University Church in Loma Linda in Southern California. It's a wonderful church congregation. It's kind of nestled in the heart of the university campus. We have three services, two that are traditional, and then one in the middle that's more contemporary. Terrific. And what's the congregation size that you're typically preaching to? Our church seats about 2,000, and each service is comfortably full, although the last service is typically more full than the other, so it's a number of thousand each week. Wow, that's some responsibility you have. Yeah. It is a, it's also a great privilege. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, Randy, we want to explore with you how you prepare for your preaching, what, what you do. You're highly regarded, highly respected mm -hmm. as a preacher, and we'd just love to explore how you do it and do it so well. So I guess there's some, obviously, some preparation involved. Very true, Anthony. It is keenly important to me to be intentional about preaching. Uh, when I first came out of college, the first church district where I pastored two small churches in Texas, I've often thought over the years those churches deserve an award because I don't know how they set through what I did there <laughs> throughout the months, year and plus that I was there mm -hmm. because it was, it was scattershot. Somehow I came out of college not fully prepared for that. Seminary helped me in a great deal in that sense. So now it's very different than that. It's sitting down and looking at the full year being very intentional about what I'm planning and about what's to come in that next year. Okay, so when you say you're being intentional, mm -hmm. intentional in what way? Well, probably two or three ways. One way is that I want whatever we do sermonically at the University Church to be biblically based, Okay. to have a solid biblical foundation. And what that means is that I need to be in Scripture on a daily basis. So I've made it a discipline to read through the Bible every single year. So every year I go through it again. And that keeps me personally, <clears throat> pardon me, in my own spiritual journey based in Scripture. But it also then leads me to preaching material mm. that is very important. So Bible-based. Secondly, I want it to connect with both the culture around us and the listener in the pew. So then the question becomes, what's happening around us? What's happening among us? What are the keen and clear issues? What is our vision for the church? How do we preach the vision? How do we draw people along with us? So being very intentional about that. And then trying to be intentional about kind of breaking up what the series are too. Maybe between expository and topical and those kinds of things. So all of those go into that process of being intentional about what's coming in the next year. Okay. Now, does, does prayer feature in your intentional planning as well? Absolutely. Uh, 
you know, prayer, as Ellen White says, and I love the concept of prayer being the breath of the soul, it is a continuing and continual part of, of my own personal life first, but then also of the life of preaching. Mm -hmm. So praying to be aware, praying to see where God is leading us, praying to know how this word might be relevant in the life of the community, uh, making prayer a key and significant component of what we're doing is very much there as well, yes. Mm. Now, I'm sure that you spend quite a deal of time um, preparing. Uh, you, you talk about blocks of time for preparation. Right. How do you use that time? <clears throat> Pardon me. May I say something first just sure. about the blocks of time? <clears throat> um, this time of year, we're taping this in early June of the year. This time of year and a little bit before and for the next month or so becomes really a block of time where I am trying to plan the next year's preaching. Because of our location on a university campus, we think of our year in terms of basically about July to July, around that academic kind of year. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm looking at the next year and I try to preach much less and get blocks of time where I can be thinking, planning, preparing, and outlining what is to come. It's vital for me. It's survival for me. If I haven't done that well at this time of the year, the rest of the year I'm running, running, running to catch up. But it's not just me. It's our music program. It's our media team. It's uh, the Sabbath school programs. Everything else depends on that as well. So creating that block of time is critical. And then creating weekly blocks of time for the weekly preaching is critical. Right, okay. So let's talk about, just briefly, that weekly block of time mm -hmm. that you use. Practically, how does that work? Ideally, because sometimes life happens. Well, <laughs> ministry happens exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. But ideally, it's the mornings throughout the week, with the exception of Tuesday morning. Tuesday is our meeting day at the church, so staff meetings and worship planning, all the other meetings. It's the mornings throughout the week, and then... If I can get some extra time in the afternoon on Thursday and Friday, then it includes that as well. Okay. So those are my blocks. Right, okay. And they're intentionally scheduled for that preparation? Correct. Terrific. Okay. Although people in the church say scheduled, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, exactly. Schedule those out. If you don't schedule them, Anthony, as you well know, everything else will take it over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, when we come back after the break, we want to explore more with you and particularly on special weekend services that mm. come up through mm -hmm. the calendar. Mm -hmm. Stay right with us. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is planning your preaching and our special guest is Pastor Randy Roberts. Randy, throughout the year there are special high point weekends where there yes. are special services that are planned and prepared. How do you go about doing that? When I sit down and plan out the preaching year, one of the first things I do in looking at the calendars to say, where are the communion Sabbaths? That's mm -hmm. four of them. Mm -hmm. In our unique setting, I say, where are the graduations? That's right. another one. You have to identify Mother's Day. Yes. <laughs> you have to identify Father's Day. You have to identify the Christmas season. Here in North America, we identify Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So in other words, I go through the year and say, where are all these key Sabbaths? Those are ones that we're going to have to recognize in some special way, sometimes and often, including the sermon itself, sometimes some other aspect of the service may be sufficient. But identify those first because those aren't movable in the calendar. They're there. And then I start to build series around and among those. Mm -hmm. It's a helpful way for me to do it. Right, okay. So the, again, more intentional planning, mm -hmm. um, sometime out from the start of the year so that right. you, you, you know what's coming through the year. Correct. Yeah. And I would add to it that at least in our context and maybe in many church contexts, that is very important for the team as well because the team needs to know when is communion, uh, the deacons are going to want to know that, the elders, etc. What are we doing for Mother's Day? How are we celebrating the Christmas season? What will it involve? If you have a choir, the choir director needs to know the special times. So those upfront, clear, communicated to the team, and then everybody's on the same page. Right. And I'm sure you scheduled baptisms as well. Um, Correct. Sometimes don't know those as far out, but yes, we do try to fold those into the schedule as well. Child dedications yeah. or Sabbaths, in our context, we can't do baptisms or child dedications every week, and mm -hmm. so we have to figure out which ones can we, so that when people come and ask, we can identify, I'm sorry, we can't do it that week, but we can do it this week. Right. Now, Randy, how long have you been at the Loma Linda University Church? Uh, about 14 years. 14 years. That's a lot of planning mm -hmm. and a lot of repetition of Easter services, Christmas <laughs> services and graduation services and that type. How do you stay fresh? That is a very good question, Anthony. That's a challenge. I was commiserating with a good friend of mine, some will know, Dwight Nelson, recently about that very thing because Dwight has been longer in his pulpit by far than I have been. Christmas comes every year and yet biblically there's a limited amount of material Mm. on the first advent. The same with communions, four times a year. So there are some of those that come all the time. For me, staying fresh involves two or three things. One is continual reading, just having a healthy, robust reading program that keeps one thinking and creative and learning. I already mentioned scripture, that's fundamental mm -hmm. to that, but other kinds of reading as well, both of books and of journals that can spark ideas and help you think creatively. Let me ask you, <clears throat> practically, how much time and when do you do your reading? I do a fair bit of my reading early morning. Mm -hmm. It's the time that works the best for me. I do find times occasionally at other points. I find them in the blocks of time. When, when I have, for example, when I'm not preaching as much because I'm doing planning for the next year, those kinds of blocks of times are very helpful for reading. 
but other you know blocks of time sitting on an airplane or or at the doctor's office waiting or any place where you can where you can get an opportunity to read mm. but that's really fundamental a second thing i do is i listen a lot a lot i listen to audiobooks i listen to sermons i listen to seminars i'm always on the lookout for those listen to other preachers I do that on a daily basis when I'm driving, uh, when I'm exercising, um, cleaning the garage, working mm -hmm. in the yard, whatever. I'm listening pretty much all the time in those kinds of moments. Okay. Let me, just a, another practical question. Audio books can be quite expensive. Mm -hmm. How do you acquire them? How, where do you access them from? Audible.com. Mm -hmm. There's also Christian audio.com I believe that's the one but somebody can google it okay what we'll do is that we'll put links onto our Great. website ministryinmotion.tv and uh, we'll put these links on when, when this program comes to air Randy right so that's helpful and what I do with audible you can join as a member for I don't remember $21 a month something like that and you can download two books a month that way and I have a hard time staying ahead of two books a month, but I do listen a lot. Okay. And they have a, a strong Christian library as well. But then the Christian audio will help a great deal in that way. Right. Then beyond that, go, uh, preaching, sermons, listening to preachers, listening to seminars on preaching, etc., is something that I do uh, quite a bit of. Right. Now, that's professionally keeping fresh. Mm -hmm. um, do you work out as well to, to try and keep physically fresh? <laughs> yes, that's an extremely important part of my life. Early mornings I walk and run pretty much every day, seven days a week, mm -hmm. and uh, play basketball on Sundays. And so I try to stay physically active as I can. It is an incredible pressure relief for me. If I get to a point where because of stress or busyness I'm not physically active, I really start to feel it. Okay. So, and just if I can probe mm -hmm. a little on this, when you are stressed, mm -hmm. because that can be so fatiguing, right. how do you manage that stress to stay fresh? Well, I'm an introvert, Anthony, and so for me, the best way to rejuvenate is to have some alone time. And so if there's some way that I can build that in, uh, at home in the backyard with the dogs reading, Mm -hmm. uh, out walking or running, uh, those kinds of times are very rejuvenating to me. That's and then at certain times of the year when we can get away, uh, my wife and I, Anita and I, will go somewhere, we'll go with the kids too, and just some time to unplug and withdraw is extremely important. You're right, because for, for many pastors, they've, they've got to have the extrovert capacity Right. when pastoring to a, a congregation. Right. But almost an, that introvert experience with God. Right. Um, so there is that challenge there. And I think many of our colleagues wrestle with this. What else do you do, Randy, to stay fresh? You know, for me, my life is pretty basic and pretty simple. I'm very much a creature of routine and habit. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, between the reading and the listening, Another thing that I do a fair bit of is talking, talking with our team, talking with members of our team, running ideas by them, talking about sermon possibilities, series possibilities. People's thinking and their feedback to me is a, 
often a spark, an idea, a challenge. I don't get where you're going there or, oh, that sounds really good. Those kinds of things really help me keep fresh too. So a lot of conversation, a lot of talking. You're right. And I think colleagues, they, they right. enhance us, don't they? Absolutely. You, you know, and grow us as individuals. And when we can build healthy, positive relationships with them, that's, that's ideal. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Randy. We want to come back after the break and explore with you how you prepare expository sermons mm. and topical sermons. Great. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is preparing your preaching and our special guest is Pastor Randy Roberts. Now, Randy, we've looked at how you prepare your immersion into the text, your immersion into the community mm -hmm. and staying fresh and alive. Now, when it comes to preparing sermons, mm -hmm. particularly expository sermons, mm -hmm. how do you prepare for those? Very good. I, I love expository preaching. It is without question the default setting in the computer of my mind about preaching. So I love that. When I look at the overall calendar year, I always want to have, well, honest truth, if it was up to me, every series would be an expository series. But because of some reasons I can talk about in a minute, not everyone is. So I'll look at the times that I have and say, okay, I want two or three expository series in here, or sometimes less if one of them happens to be a longer series. And then I'll, I'll prayerfully, thoughtfully choose what that is. 
Over the years, we've done different things. For example, uh, some years ago, I did a series on Joseph, the Old Testament character. Mm -hmm. Joseph, may all your God-given dreams come true. And so we just took the life of Joseph and we worked our way through it in that Genesis section. And that was our series. Or right now, I'm planning for next year a series on John's first epistle. I might include the second and third. I haven't fully decided that yet, but definitely the first epistle. So now my reading and preparation is moving in the direction of 1 John. So outlining how the series will unfold, what sections of the passage will become the basis for the sermons throughout, how many sermons it will be. Once I've decided what the sections are, then I just go to work studying each of those sections and hoping to find what the central core truth in that section of this passage is. And then the process continues to unfold as time goes by. But during this time of year, as I mentioned earlier, in planning those series, what I need to have as I come away from that is clarity about the blocks of Scripture, clarity about the key thought that is contained within each of those, ideas about titles and ideas that I can pass on, for example, to our music minister so that he knows to plan musically for that period of time. And all of those go into files in the computer in preparation for the coming year. So my expository series, typically a book, maybe like I mentioned, First John, or mm -hmm. done Philippians, done Galatians, done Ephesians, done sections of Gospels. A year or two ago, we did Jonah, those kinds of things. So there are those. And then personalities. We've done Joseph, done Elijah. I uh, don't remember now, but other personalities like that we've done. Joshua is another character that Absolutely. our colleagues like to preach on as well. Correct. Can I just ask, when with an expository series, how do you avoid the situation where there is a, a repeated point that comes up again and again <laughs> and making that sound ever new and ever fresh yes. when you're doing a series of three or four yes. sermons? How do you manage that? That is a challenge. I preached a series this last year on Nehemiah. We went through the book of Nehemiah and uh, we had, I did 11 sermons on Nehemiah. And that was an issue in Nehemiah because he kept encountering opposition. Starts out, he talks about there's a sermon on a chapter so later, more opposition, a sermon on a chapter two later, a lot more opposition, a sermon on it. And I was concerned about that because this is repeating. As I looked at how people handle that, other people, I noticed that a lot of times they just took all three of those passages and made them one sermon. But I guess I have this belief that Scripture was written, inspired, and unfolds in a way that each one of those has something to teach us that is unique, mm. even if it may be the same theme. And I just kept coming back to Nehemiah and staying with that. And some, for me anyway, amazing things emerged that while the theme was the same in each of those, opposition, there were very different lessons that emerged and different nuances that emerged that became then fresh, even though the theme and even the person, Nehemiah, was the same. There were new lessons to learn. That's helpful. Yeah. Now, not only do you preach expository series, but I'm sure you preach doctrinal series as well. Doctrinal and topical, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
And I tried to do doctrinal this coming year. I'm hoping to do something on our name as a church, Seventh-day Adventist. Mm -hmm. What's in a name? You know, what is contained within that? What are those affirmations? And so that'll be a more doctrinal series, absolutely. Right. Now, I imagine with, with planning your, your year of preaching, mm -hmm. by the time you cover the, the big points in the calendar, mm -hmm. and sometimes some of the, the key topical messages can mm -hmm. almost be overlooked because other things of the calendar demand right. a place. Right. So how do you counter that with, with your planning for a, a topical sermon, for example? Well, two ways. One is, and I don't know people's ministry context and how possible this is, but one is we have had to be very careful about guarding the pulpit. Right. Because otherwise, everything in the world can take over and you can't do these extended series, which I believe are much more important for the health of the church. Mm. And secondly, trying to be alert to what's going on in the cultural setting or in the community setting, what topic would be of relevance. And so over the years, I've done many different topical series. A few years ago, did a series called The Best Thing You Can Do. And so I think it was a nine-part series, the best thing you can do for your girlfriend, the best thing you can do for yourself, the best thing you can do for your spouse, the best thing you can do for your family, the best thing you can do for your God, etc. And so it was a topical series along those lines. But even in those topical series or sermons, what I seek, Anthony, is to still for the sermon itself to be expository, taking a text and exposing what's in that text that is germane to that topic. So not just jumping around to a whole bunch of different texts and skimming off the surface. Doesn't mean I might not use different texts in the same sermon, but delving into that to be faithful to exposing the content of the text. It just happens to be driven by the topic, mm. but it's still diving into the text. What does scripture say to it? Precisely, and that's what we're about, isn't it? It is. It, and we're coming back to where we started, mm -hmm. that joining together of a community with the biblical, biblical text, God's Absolutely. Word, God with the community. Right. It's a wonderful privilege for a pastor. Sure is. Thanks so much, Randy. Thank you. And we want to thank you for joining us on another program of Ministry in Motion. If you'd like to visit our website, you'll find many resources there that are helpful for you. Ministryinmotion.tv but until next time, bye for now.